the gloves are about to come off. It is time to drop your butt. <laughs> Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs Down Under. I'm Sean Ross. I'm Ricard Foyer. And we are here talking Sur- Australian Survivor. <laughs> I always want to say Survivor AU, but it's technically Australian Survivor. Titans versus Rebels Week 3. Well, you better say what it right. Week. Some people will call you out. Yes, this has been a big week of duels. Like, tension. People hate each other. <laughs> It's crazy because you had this whole parallel thing going on in week one with the cool kids versus the outcasts and the outcasts mm-hmm. overthrowing the cool kids. And now you have this parallel thing going on here post-swap where both the rebels and titans are now made up of OG opposite tribes mm-hmm. and the cracks are showing. Like they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing from textbook old school survivor, which is just get rid of the minority. They're turning on each other in very similar ways again. It's a mess. It's a mess. It is a mess. So maybe we should just talk about this swap. Well, before we talk about the swap, I do want to talk about Kelly coming back from her mission because where we left things off, Kelly was on a mission at the Titans to sabotage the immunity challenge, which she didn't do but technically passed her challenge uh and she comes back to the rebels nobody's that thrilled to see her and they're like you didn't complete your mission she's like i totally did complete my mission and not only that i orchestrated nathan's vote out and they're like no fucking way (laughs) (laughs) like i don't understand i is it just me maybe it's the editing kelly's entire vibe character everything has changed she has gone from like lovable and annoying to just like confusing and annoying in a different way. I well, don't know. I I'm do, just like frustrated yeah. by her. I do wonder how much of her kookiness was maybe an act mm. or it was either a bit of a put on that obviously you can't do that for the entire time that you're out there. It does get tiring and you get depleted, mm. which is why Carolyn. Uyghur was so interesting in Survivor 44 because that maintained throughout. So you were like, oh, that's just who she is. Yeah. Where Kelly, it's sort of petered out. It's either that it's petered out or the editors are like, well, that story is tired. So we're just going to focus yeah. on Kelly only when we need to. Because that, make, we've done that makes that, sense beats. to me. But I mean, even, even Ferris has pointed out that like she's different. She's like moping around camp. She's acting different. She's quiet. She's not being her loud, obnoxious self, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just yeah. different. And yet she is still being obnoxious in her own ways. And maybe, who knows, maybe uh, her not being with Alex anymore has really changed her entire demeanor. Yeah, I did love, I loved that line of like, Alex has been really nice to be away from your sarcasm for a couple days, and I would like a reprieve from you. <laughs> she was done. <laughs> Which she was like over it. Let's be clear, Kelly. The only reason Alex is here is because you saved him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what goes around comes around sometimes. Well, let's go over to the swap where we get some big shakeups. I mean, we've as I described, we have this majority OG Titans on the new Rebels, and we have the majority OG Rebels on the new Titans, but there's some important splits here, like Kirby and Rihanna are split up. Mm-hmm. Uh, much to Rihanna's detriment. I mean, the girl almost voted herself out there. <laughs> and then, oh, Viola. The V's separated, and we're recording this on V-Day. Uh, <sighs> yes, we is. <laughs> Skin to skin, the love of my life. (laughs) Yeah, it's very sad to see them separated. And of course, separated for good, as we're going to see Viola go home. But otherwise, the big news is the middle-aged mafia stays completely intact, and they are all now rebels. Yeah, and you know what? I have a question about the split up. Raymond was given an empty container. Uh-huh. Now, it, it maybe I'm not remembering things correctly. Isn't it usually like they go through all the buffs 
and then somebody just doesn't have a little package. It, it was strange to me that he, what, drew third and then just got a choice at the beginning, but not at the end. I don't know. It just yeah. felt a little odd. It definitely was different than I've ever seen it done before, but I really kind of liked this. And I liked that it was at the beginning because, yes, usually the person that doesn't have the buff either, they have to go to Exile Island and then wait to join the tribe that votes somebody out, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is a little tired at this point. I do like the choice that he's given, but making him choose at the beginning when each tribe only has like one or two people, I think is kind of funny. I do like that random element because it was random. And so somebody could have picked that buff at the end. Yes. But they didn't. They happened to pick it at the beginning. So he's kind of like not getting the benefit of that empty. I mean, usually, usually the like, I guess to my point is if you're going to Exile Island, the fate is outside of your hands. You you really are. And you're going to a losing tribe, which Mm -hmm. might mean they're a weaker tribe or a dysfunctional tribe or something. But in this case, he's given the option to choose, but he doesn't know what he's choosing at this point. I think he chose. I think he chose how I would have chosen where the tarp was. Not that I'm really seeing. Not that we're seeing if it's really raining at night, um, and if that's super beneficial. I know they're not in the outback. They're not in Australia. They're not. You know, they're not in Queensland. It's not super super hot the way it potentially is down there. Um, it does get really hot. In Samoa, though. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would have chosen where the tarp is. And I think he he chose right, ultimately. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. in some ways. I mean, he's he's ended up in an OG Rebels group, so he's in a better position, maybe, uh, than he would have been if he stuck with his own camp. Also, I would just be like, I want to see the other camp. Mm. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. Let me get the full experience. Yeah. Valeria... uh, Getting on her tribe and saying that she's going to cook to impress people was hysterical. I loved everything (laughs) about this. And I think that maybe Valeria is one of my players of the week because Mm. she really emerged here where we saw Viola crash and burn. Not necessarily because of her own doing, partially because Mm -hmm. of her own doing, but, you know, uh, she was blindsided. But Valeria has made the most of a shitty situation where she's in a minority over on the new Titans with Winna and Charles. And she's, you know, she's playing it sort of like traditionally survivor of like, okay, like I will cook to win them over. I'm going to be extremely hospitable, but there is a sleeping bear inside of me, Mm -hmm. which I thought was a great quote. And I feel like just like fast forwarding a bit when, you know, the Titans do have to go to tribal council in episode nine, she finds herself in a really great position to, along with her OG Titans, be able to choose which way to go. And I I would love your opinion on this. I think they chose, I, I personally wouldn't have chosen that group of people. I do not prefer Kelly over Kirby, uh, Kelly and Kirby over Ferris and Garrick. Um, I would have chosen that side if I had a choice, but them choosing the side with three people so they're not outnumbered mm-hmm. versus the four, genius. Yeah. Like the most important thing. And I could easily see someone not thinking of that very small piece, which could potentially be a very big piece when you're just thinking about the people and personalities and who you get along with. Um, very wise, I believe. But the other thing I liked about that decision it was is that it seemed like it was based on, yes, partially numbers, but it was based on relationship building. And that's what mm-hmm. we've seen from Kirby versus Ferris. And like, yeah, we see Ferris sort of like be silly with his tribe mates and stuff and the shouting to Raymond from the water and all of that. But Ferris is such a game bot that I don't, necessarily get relationship building social game vibes from him Mm -hmm. i get number counting vote counting vibes from him and i could be wrong on that but i definitely see that kirby is going out of her way to form bonds with people even though she also has that vote counting side to her so i feel like kirby's got kind of the best of both worlds if i was having to choose between the two of them maybe that's why i'm more drawn to ferris because that's just like my personality as well. Mm. And that's how I was out there. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. oh. so you're saying you're the kind of player I don't like? 
Um, so here's the thing. I really <laughs> yes. You're my favorite player that season. Uh, yes, and I am definitely very much more leaning towards game body and just numbers and focused on like move, 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 move. I really, you know what, Sean? I just rewatched my season for the first time, oh. and um, all the way. Yeah, I watched the entire thing. It was hard. I have. It's taken me over two years to do it. I know and you did. A, I know you had some false starts. Yes, I, I would watch the first episode because that's fun, and then I would watch uh, the Shan Vodot episode. Um, I've watched that like five times. Not beca- and that sounds like shady. It's just I genuinely think it's a beautiful episode. I love the uh-huh. music. Yeah, I, I think love it's a great episode. the turn of like the weather and the like cyclone before I bring up getting her out. It's just like I genuinely think it's a fun episode, um, even though it's like a sad ending for Shan. But watching it through my memories kind of became warped based on how people talk about me online on Reddit or whatever. And everyone always says like Ricard had no social game. He had no friends out there. He was just focused on the game and not relationships. And I rewatched it and I, and I always felt I had really good relationships, but I started to kind of forget that I did and rewatching. I'm like, Oh wow. No, I really did. I had really good friends out there. Like, I had really good, solid friendships, and that was really nice to be reminded of. Anyway, all that to say, like, it's hard for me to just jump on the bandwagon of Ferris maybe not having good friendships, the way Mm. we're seeing Kirby's depicted, Mm -hmm. because I had good friendships and you didn't see shit. Mm. And then you see, you know, Shan's game as, like, relationships, friendships, but... You know, there was a lot of tension with those relationships. It could be the same for Kirby. I'm just super biased and it's hard for me to, you know, watch it and just take that at face value is all I'm saying. Right. I said I it mean, in the, a very long way, but yeah. The other thing is that Kirby and Ferris are actually very similar in terms of the kinds of people that they are. And mm-hmm. they seem to be very polarizing. Like their fellow competitors either love them or they hate them. I mean, look at the way that Garrick has been <laughs> responding to Kirby. It's, it's wild. I haven't seen this kind of like really genuine dislike between yeah. players in a long time, I feel like, where it feels like it's outside the game. Yes. Um, there was somebody in an older season of AU that she just hated this one man. She hated him, and she actually got voted out and then somehow got back in the game and made it to final three. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, you're talking about... Um, are you talking about Tara? Tara. Yeah. Yes. Who did she hate? Like oh. the chubbier guy that went on the island to, and got the idol. He yeah. Had to, Not AK. I don't very know. Very But yeah. But yeah, you know, there was, you know, there was Tara in season two or season four of AU. Mm-hmm. And man, she hated that one dude. She could not stand him. And that's what I was getting from Garrick. With <laughs> Kirby, like, God, she was over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this immunity challenge I thought was fun. It was a brand new immunity challenge, J- JLP told us, which was the ball in the gutter that you have to transfer gutter to gutter. Felt like something that would be very fun to play. And very fun. Just like looking at it, I was like, oh, this is going to be boring to watch. But I was riveted. I, you know, and I was a little confused on like uh, some of the rules with it or one of the rules because there was a transfer where it made it onto it, but then it rolled off afterwards. And I was like, well, it made it onto the bar. So how mm. does that not count because it fell afterwards? But you had to stabilize it and ma- mm. keep it still and it not fall off. That just kind of confused me because I, I think it should count. It made it on there. They made it on there. <laughs> you know what rule didn't make sense to me? Was that they were holding the chains once they were yep. like. Yep. <laughs> yep. But maybe, maybe like, I, I could tell that this was going for a really long time and, like, Caroline was not doing well with it, for example. And, like, maybe they were like, eh, you know what? And maybe it was before the challenge and the testing of it that they were like, maybe we need to let them hold the chains because we don't have all day. Mm-hmm. That and or... You know, it, they just missed that with it being a new challenge. That that it's a hack, right? Um, I, I know there was a challenge I did that there was a hack before where you could move your body all around when you had your hands above, behind you above your head on these uh, poles, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it just went on for so long. And David versus Goliath with Christian Hibiki, it just went on forever. 
and they changed the rule to make it harder so it would go quicker. <laughs> you have to keep your back against the pole. Uh, yeah, so maybe next time they'll say no chains. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Titans win this one, sending the new Rebels to Tribal Council. And we've, as with every episode, we've sort of got like three plans in motion. And the original plan is to split the vote between Sarah and Rihanna uh, with the intention of sending Rihanna home. And this would almost be too easy because it's, you know, majority OG Titans. Let's just pick off the OG Rebels. And they seem to go between Sarah and Rihanna because Alex is kind of the first one to say, like, hey, I'll work with you guys. Mm -hmm. But then we have, of course, Viola and Mark with their secret alliance. Mark's got the secret alliance with the Vs. He's not so sure about the middle-aged mafia. He's been thinking about getting rid of Caroline with... Uh, the V's for a while now and Viola says hey maybe we could maybe now's the time we can pull in some OG rebels and we could make a move on Caroline Yeah. and meanwhile Caroline and Kitty are ready to strike first at Viola and I loved how this all came about because you had Caroline sort of like in the woods watching Viola and Mark talk and Caroline's like I can read body language and this is not a good story and yeah. <laughs> she was right. Like, sometimes I feel like an, a character like Caroline would be edited in that way to look paranoid and crazy and erratic. But she was 100% right. And she was like, we got to strike first. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I have to pause sometimes and just think this made the most sense for Caroline. She did the right move for her. But it's so hard when they get out one of your fucking favorites. Uh, yeah, I I know. I understand how you're feeling, Ricard. Ugh. But, but <laughs> <laughs> I would feel the same way if her move didn't make sense or yeah, yeah. if she was overreading it. But she was 100% right on her read. And if she didn't take this shot today, Viola probably would have taken the shot the next day. And so I, I got to hand I it to Caroline, but Caroline just has been so, like, she's been such a good game player. She's been evolving so well. And to see her make these correct calls at the correct moments and like, yeah, she's been a little heavy handed with, you know, keeping a close eye on Viola and Valeria last week and with, you know, tr trying to, uh, pull together a vote against Mark in the next episode uh, with the girls, the OG rebel girls. Um, she has been a little heavy handed, but in this vote, she was completely right. And I think she executed it perfectly. Uh, they get Eden, Sarah and Rihanna on board for this vote. And even like erratic Eden is able to like calm it down just, just long enough to pull this off. Eden, it's like invisible all of a sudden. <laughs> like, where's Eden? Yeah, I was like a little concerned, obviously, as I expressed uh, in the first week that Eden was going to be, you know, our narrator of the season. And I mm -hmm. just did the narration style is like not for me. I understand mm -hmm. it's for a lot of people, but it's not for me. And so uh, I've actually been like a lot more comfortable with Eden, uh, especially this week in his role. He's there. He's playing a role, but we're not getting his perspective 24-7. They're doing a fantastic job at allowing everybody who is good at narrating to yeah. get a chance. I like I've, we've had a Scotty narration. We've had Eileen, we've had Eden, we've had Mark, like we're getting, we've had Valeria. We've had really good spread out of storytellers from different perspectives. And it's really cohesive. And I'm very, very happy with how they're editing this season. Um, and yeah, I agree. Caroline, she, she made the right move. She really did. Where I struggle is the aftermath. I was, yeah, I was pissed that Viola was gone and I was going to get myself back in check, calm down. But I really freaking hate when you do something shady or you do something secretive to one of your friends, one of your alliance members, and to make sure they stay close to you, you take out their friend. And then you expect them to just accept it and not be mm -hmm. mad and not be pissed. That's where I get a little cranky. And I think there's a little bit of just like, why on earth should Mark be mad? This was reasonable what I did. <laughs> what? Yeah, um, 
Okay, well, she didn't quite say that. Mm. I think she knows she's on thin ice with Mark, but I also think that the middle-aged mafia in general, the Kitty, Eden, and Caroline, are like, what else is he going to do? Granted, he's got options, but they're not going to work out very well. And so I think she's right in just kind of being like, we need to give it some time. I mean, they have that reconciliation conversation where they're like, the only way to build trust is going to be to vote again and vote together. And I, I really liked that. It definitely felt... It felt so ominous at the beginning of this next episode where like that there's just the scene of Caroline sitting in the shelter and just ominous music playing and the conversation <laughs> they're going to have to have with Mark and uh, all of this but I I I don't think she's completely oblivious that like Mark is right to be upset but I think she is playing a bit of a maternal role here being like you did something bad and I punished you for it and we're going to get over it which I I understand, again, maybe it's, this is like heavy-handed Caroline coming in, but what else is she going to do? Grovel? Uh, I mean, she could, because at that point, Mark hadn't voted against her. She, what proof does she have that they were actually going to turn against her? Yes, she was right, based on the edit. Yes, mm-hmm. she's right, based on the footage we've seen. But based on what's actually taken place in the game, Mark didn't fucking do anything. Well, as far as she knows. Yeah. They didn't vote against her. No, there's so, no like, solid evidence, but I think there's enough circumstantial evidence for her. I mean, I think his closeness with Viola and Valeria was clear enough to even Eden to sort of like take pause. Yeah. Well, the senior citizens won this time. They did. Also, <laughs> that was That's a great close. line. And I felt so bad. Like as the votes were being read for Viola and her face, like as she realized like there was sort of a look that came over her face for like a split second and like my heart really broke for her there what do we make of caroline's voting confessional where she said i've delivered thousands of babies but tonight i'm delivering my first blind side and guess what it's a baby girl um (laughs) yeah i was a little too pissed (laughs) to think that was cute (laughs) Uh, people loved this voting confessional i think it was a little I think it could have been wordsmithed a little bit myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It could have had a little more. I feel like she could have like, cut the, I'm delivering my first blind side. She just could have said, like, it's a girl. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I appreciate the effort, certainly. <sighs> Over on the Titans uh, in episode eight, it's sort of like all sunshine and roses here. Uh, Raymond is sporting the, the signature Ricard eye patch. And... <laughs> They're making pirate jokes and uh, they're all having fun. And they're like, Kirby and Ferris are, are pretending to put their guns down. Okay, you know what? During this little opening segment, I'm not starting any drama here. But have you noticed that Ferris and Scotty are always on that hammock together and always have their arms around each other? Ricard. There's a little bit of cuddling going on here. Ricard. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's what I've noticed. My understanding is that Ferris is a straight man. Yeah. Is that so right? I don't know. but so I'm not him. saying that straight men and gay men can't cuddle. Yeah, but, I cuddle with Xander Bear. Uh, we heard, we've heard. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have to say to the audience that it was only last night that I discovered that Scott Scotty was gay. I don't um, know how, like, what? <laughs> well, it's like, this is what I said to you, is it's hard sometimes to tell whether somebody's gay or they're just Australian. <laughs> look that's why i said even when nothing was going on with scotty in episodes one two three that's why i said star rising because he was one of the gays and i knew he was going to be you never told me you need to tell me these things oh my god and (laughs) scott scotty and his boyfriend are cute they are precious like they're not just cute they're kind of hot mm-hmm i i approve i approve (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day to them. <laughs> okay. But yeah, Scott, Scott is, he's coming up in the edit and I like it. I like it. Yeah. He seems to be in a genuinely good spot. People are confiding in him. People are bringing him in. Even when people are on the other side of his views on where he wants to vote, he seems to have really great relationships. People are talking to him. I think he's honestly in a really great spot. Mm-hmm. 
And so at the immunity challenge, we get the big shock for Valeria that the rebels sent home Viola. And I loved this. It's just like so refreshing. I think I've already said this this season, but it's just so refreshing to have the Australian survivor Matt chat back because Mm. it's so important. And just the culture of sort of like shit talking and confronting it's all playful, but it's not. There are undertones, and you can get under somebody's skin. And I just loved Valeria just confronting them, being like, who was it? Whose idea was this? And Garrick saying, like, well, Kitty looks guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty? Do you have balls to tell me? <laughs> yeah. Valeria? Oh, God, I freaking love her. But this is why I love uh, Tribe Swaps as well. It really initiates uh, uh, Matt talk. You know, it, it yeah. gives you the space to talk about things because you know these people now. They're not just like random strangers where you say, oh, I'm surprised that person was voted out, but I actually don't know any of the dynamics. I want, tr- oh, God, I love tribe swaps. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. And it just leads to these really great moments, especially just on Australian Survivor. Why can't we have this on US Survivor? Yeah. I know we've got the tribe swaps back. I just want some playful animosity. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. So the this uh, challenge, I don't have much to say about it. It's just this obstacle course, build a puzzle, pretty standard, fair. And the Titans win because Scott's not just an art director for nothing, which but. Ferris wanted to make sure <laughs> that line got in the show. So, so he twice. Kept, kept saying it. He just kept saying it. <laughs> I was like, just in, ca- just in case the mic didn't pick it up last time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I was happy for Scott. Yeah, Scott, me too. I'm thrilled for Scott. Scott's my new favorite player. Scott and Eileen. Love the. That could I be like a funny love comedy Eileen. movie. I love I know. Eileen. Well, well, let's we'll, we'll talk about Eileen in the next episode for sure. Uh, but the rebels are going back to tribal council here, and Mark is ready for his revenge now this is interesting because it's like his revenge plan is to get kitty out and is this a like for like situation where it's like well you got rid of my number one so i'm going to get rid of your number one but we've been seeing this quite frequently on this season where and we're going to see in the next episode too with taking out garrick is that people are aiming for the right-hand man or woman of their actual target. What do you make of this strategy? Is this just to avoid idle plays or is there something more to it? I really think it's mostly just idle plays because you want to get out the main person that pissed you off. Kitty doesn't seem to be really doing anything wrong here. She's just going along with Caroline. I think they want Caroline out. But do you think it's feasible for Mark to think that Caroline has an idol? When Mark has that idol from the Titan Beach? Well, I don't know. Did, has Caroline gone on a reward? I don't think so. No, because the Titans like really didn't get anything. Well, it seems, I mean, we've seen multiple times just this week of people assuming there are multiple idols in play. Ferris yeah. thinks that um, Kelly has an idol and he has the idol. So I, I think it's reasonable to assume that. Plus there's a tribe swap. I know historically when there's a merge and new idols put into the game there could be one right after tribe swap they Mm -hmm. assume that there there's just so much going oh god in that one season of australian survivor where nina was in there there were like fucking five idols all in at the same time (laughs) where they all had to go through that scavenger hunt and find one in a tree with Uh a stick yeah do you know like i think it's reasonable to assume there are multiple Mm-hmm. And yeah. especially when it's so obvious who you have disdain for or you're upset with a person. Yeah, you know, take the safer safer route. And Caroline has been sneaking around those woods like crazy, mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. people talk. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's fair. I think it's fair to assume that. It's a little stranger when you have an idol to be as hyped up as Ferris was or as Mark was, but... I I think Mm -hmm. it's reasonable. So Mark's plan here is to bring in the OG rebels to get them on board to split, split to to vote, to split up Caroline and Kitty. Uh, But this Kitty's got nine lives. 
because uh <laughs> yeah because of sarah's 19 different scenarios going on in her head she messed wild it was wild to watch sarah play this so oh, badly so bad. like i can't remember the last time i've seen such bad gameplay from <laughs> anybody on survivor i mean so there's got to be recent examples but this was bad yeah like this was so especially bad. being told like are you gonna go blow it up i'm not gonna blow it up I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say anything. So let me tell you, <laughs> like, girl. This is how this is my pro- this is how I would play Survivor. Like this is my biggest fear. Not that I really want to play Survivor, but if I were to play Survivor, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I would be so excited that I had information. Mm-hmm. I, although I don't know that that's what Sarah was doing. I don't think she was so excited to have information. I think she was just like scrambling because she's still in this very uncomfortable position of being you know a minority of three og rebels on this new rebels tribe and then having information that is powerful i think she's more excited about having the power to be like guess who's screwing you over guess who's screwing you over but it was like she was not picking and choosing her moments to do that it was the second she got information she would run off and be like i I have to tell (laughs) I have to tell not just the person it's about. I have to tell everyone. <laughs> What's funny is, of all the tribe mates to confide in, Kitty was probably the best one for her to play so poorly with. Because Kitty, and I, I'm, I'm not shitting on Kitty. I, truly, I think the situation that Sarah was in, but being in a minority, it was reasonable for Kitty to assume that these were lies. Mm-hmm. But they were the truth. Mm-hmm. and kitty didn't believe it and sarah was almost safe like she almost it was just like you know a, a reasonable enough random thing to say that sarah still could have followed through with the plan and everything would have been fine if rihanna was on board rihanna was on board but damn sarah was bad i don't know why kitty didn't believe it and i sort of wonder whether she had just gone to caroline if caroline would have believed it and this whole thing would have ended up differently Oh, yeah. No, I think Caroline would have been like, yep, no, I see it. But Kitty processed it, tried to remain calm, had faith in probably her relationships. She seems to be really good at making friendships out there. Maybe she truly believed Mark wasn't as pissed at her as as he was at Caroline. And, you know, just kind of trusted it. Yeah. Trusted him. And there was this great scene where there was sort of like a standoff between Mark, Kitty, and Sarah where Sarah's like, everything I've said in everything I've said to everybody is 100% the truth. And Mark's like, well, me too. And Kitty's like, well, me too. <laughs> it was cute. Like, well, it, that is not possible, you three. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is not possible for all three of you to be telling the truth right now. Um, I really loved that. Mark just looks a little too suspicious. Or he, he um, his demeanor sometimes, he looks very stressed. And I think he he's struggling with looking relaxed. He's oh, doing he a lot stressed. Well, you know, just in those moments of looking around instead of actually responding, he I, he wasn't right. responding to what was being said. He wasn't right. looking at Kitty in the eye or looking at Sarah. Sarah's saying all this mess. Kitty's staring at Mark, and Mark's kind of looking off in the distance, holding his water bottle. And I thought that was going to hurt him, but somehow it didn't. And I was mm. I was very grateful. That it didn't hurt him in that moment. Now, Eden, that boy, when he is stressed, do you remember last week him chugging mm-hmm. a sip in between every single sentence, looking like he was panicked? Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of the water bottles, I think it's in... I th- I think it's in this episode or the episode before anyways, but he's he's whispering and he's like trying to remain calm and <laughs> he's got the water bottle in front of his face as like as he's, it's like this is not subtle in any way it actually would be like way more normal for you to have this conversation loudly in camp and nobody would notice like yeah, you yeah. are drawing so much attention to yourselves um but yeah eden is i i think that if i was a kitty and a caroline it's no wonder mark wanted a secondary alliance because i think eden's like not so reliable mm-hmm. of an ally to have. Not that not that he's unreliable and that he won't vote with you, but he's unreliable. He's unpredictable in terms of like his actions. Yeah, and they're a yeah. little chaotic. Um, and then Mark is just, I I really love Mark, and 
I feel like he says some of these quotes that I could easily see as being George-esque and mm. sometimes annoying, where it just it seems too scripted. But mm. Mark really lands it. What, what, was he, what did he say? I was the invisible hand, but now I am the iron fist. And I was just mm. like, it didn't bother me in saying it. I was just like, Okay, oh, but you know what cute. I didn't like about that quote was that now I'm the iron fist wrapped in a hidden immunity idol but it's like no no no. the hidden immunity idol would be wrapped within the iron fist yeah (laughs) that really stuck out to me (laughs) i see (laughs) but i liked that mark kind of like after everything blows up i like that mark went back to the girls sarah and rihanna and was like look i know what you've done i know that you ratted me out and i'm okay with that i'm just asking you to vote for caroline tonight yeah. And so like I like that he was able to put all that aside and and it kind of works because Sarah and Rihanna just feel like they're totally cornered and their only option is to vote with Mark. Hope that they're voting with Mark for Caroline. Mm-hmm. Now <laughs> what happened in between that decision and Rihanna going into the booth and writing Mark is beyond me. Uh, because this was so stupid. <laughs> I don't get it. We got no follow up from it. I need like a an hour one on one Barbara Walters Rihanna <laughs> to find out what the hell was going through her head because they know that they've been the conversation of votes that day. There's obviously going to be one of that, either a split or on one of them. Luckily for Rihanna, it's on Sarah mm-hmm. because. Had it been on Rihanna and she threw her vote away towards Mark, then Rihanna immediately goes home. Where if she had voted for Caroline, it would have at least been a tie. Yeah. And so I don't know what the hell she was thinking here. She could have forced the tie with Sarah and Caroline. And and who knows what might have happened. Maybe Caroline would have gone home. Um, Maybe not. But if it had been on her, if it had been on Rihanna, and that's like a coin toss. Why they chose Sarah, whatever. Who cares? But... This was so stupid. I don't know what she was thinking. And, you know, especially Mark said he had an idol and was going to play the idol. And even if you don't trust Mark, let's say you just don't trust him. You think they're bullshitting you. They're going to vote for one of you. Don't vote for the person with the idol first and Mm -hmm. vote with the person that you're closest to. And Sarah must have told Rihanna, I'm voting Caroline. So vote with me so we at least have our votes going on the same place. I don't give a shit if you don't like Mark, if you don't trust him. Vote the same way so that one of the two of you is safer. Mm-hmm. Just splitting your votes, how is that going to help either of you? How? I don't get it. I, like, I, I truly think she got confused. I don't think she was confused. I think she just... Then what the hell was she thinking? She just didn't trust Mark. It was stupid. <laughs> but what the hell is one vote on Mark going to do? Nothing. if anything vote for sarah i thought maybe she would go in that booth and vote for sarah to tip Mm -hmm. the scales in the case of like a split vote or something like that yes in a kelly-esque way but no that's not what happened i don't know that drove me nuts (laughs) (laughs) and now mark plays his idol also now we had the discussion about what is a wasted idol play what is not this is a wasted idol play yeah oh (laughs) it's sad but i mean like after the chaos of that scramble maybe he thought just (laughs) better to play it than not yeah that's fair um but yeah it was what a disaster that (laughs) that whole strategy and and vote was but we can move into episode nine without Sarah, a Sarah-less episode of oh. Australian Survivor. How well, miss her? <laughs> I had to convince <laughs> you to like her. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, I'm seeing I've I've made a <clears throat> I've made a blunder here because I was talking about the conversation between Caroline and Mark with the reconciliation. That's actually episode nine. So it's it's after Mark has taken a shot at Caroline. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. And so it's here where they've both taken shots at each other. Caroline has hit. Mark has missed. And they're having to sort of like brush it off, 
question mark. And uh, yeah, so. Yeah, no, I mean, you I weren't wrong. It's, it's, I brought up um, that that was one of my issues with how Caroline handled it. Mm. You know, the fact that she was just like, why would you do this to me? You did the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why, Caroline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Caroline really thought she got him in a place where he had no other options but to work with the middle-aged mafia. And ultimately, she kind of did. But Mark took his shot with uh, the dummy girls from the Rebels. Um, (laughs) Dummy Sarah, who can't keep information to herself. And dummy Rihanna, who doesn't know how to vote. And uh, I think, yeah, he got himself into a pickle here. Yeah, and... I don't know if it was Kitty or Caroline, but one of them was like, I thought we were tight. No, you're not tight with Mark. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) If you have to corner someone, if you have to, if you have to blackmail your boyfriend to propose to you, things aren't going great. Who did that? Nobody. It's a analogy. Oh my God. (laughs) I thought it was a Valentine's Day story you had for me. I was like, congratulations, Ricard. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> the ring's in the mail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let me just finish getting divorced first. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can't bring up the divorce every episode, Ricard. Fine, cut it. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm literally joking. <laughs> we get it. You're single. I'm not single. Oh. Oh. Okay, well, moving on. <laughs> We've got uh, very clearly in this episode uh, that the Titans are going to be going to Tribal Council, finally, this new Titan tribe. Um, And it's all Kirby versus Ferris. And we've got a wild card thrown in here because Ferris truly believes that Kelly has an idol. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And... I don't quite understand why he says it's because she's acting differently. Granted, the editors here, I have to give them credit for finding so much footage of Kelly (laughs) rummaging through her bag and putting little packages in her bag. I don't know what. And that even when she's confronted, when they're like, you know, Ferris thinks you have an idol. And she's like, oh, I was just I was just carrying something. It's like, <laughs> what could you be carrying wrapped up in a cloth? <laughs> Are you collecting rocks or shells from the sea to bring home? Like, what is happening here? Now, and okay. pulling the bag out and being like, look how lumpy my bag is. <laughs> As though she's got 50 idols. <laughs> she's a mess. However, I will say there are things that we have out there that we cannot discuss on camera. Mm. And she may have been trying to follow the rules of not saying what was in her hand. And, yeah. you know, that's just like a little behind the scenes thing. That I, there was a, such a specific moment of like, they give you um, tablets to stay hydrated and you get one tablet a day. It's like an orange electrolyte thing. Mm-hmm. You just have it in your hand. But you, you're not allowed to say anything. And I know one time I was asked, what's in your hand? I'm like, just something. Because <laughs> I'm not allowed to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm glad you brought this up because that did cross my mind. Because, of course, uh, there's been a lot of discourse on TikTok. Kelly Wentworth is so good at this. Yeah, talking yeah. about the behind the scenes of Survivor and talking about the medical crate that is out there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, if women need tampons or if you need a medication or anything in particular like is there anything else there's sunscreen out there right there uh, what else they is are required there? so our med box has a book of which snakes and fish are po- oh. uh, poisonous or venomous and what you're not allowed to touch um and plants that are dangerous um there is sunscreen that you're required to have, but I, I rarely saw anybody use it because you're you're filthy. Like you don't want to mm-hmm. rub that on your body. <laughs> um, there is bug spray. You each have a med bag, um, so that's where my glasses were, um, my electrolyte packets, and I don't remember. I feel like I had one. But if anybody there. needed a medication that they had to take that was yes. appropriate for the show, they could they would have yes. it out there. Right? Tampons, pads, all that is there. Um, yeah, so you can go to it. That's the only time you're off camera when you're out there. And you have very limited time out there. But she could have just been grabbing something and then coming back to her water bottle. Yeah. Something as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. 
that did cross my mind. So, yeah. okay. Maybe that's what happened. But Ferris uh, thinks she's up to no good. Yeah. But before we move on with everything that's going to go down with the Titans vote, we've got to talk about this reward challenge where they're having a survivor spelling bee and they're going to go to a Mexican restaurant for their reward. They're going to have tacos. And this was so fun. I don't know if they've done this before. I don't recognize it as a challenge. Granted, there are a couple seasons I haven't seen still, but I loved this challenge. I loved Kelly being like, put me in, put me in. I can spell. (laughs) Everybody can spell. (laughs) everybody can spell kelly and then of course the one person who can't spell is kelly it's the same thing it's the same thing every week put me on the bridge put me on the bridge i've got a low center of gravity put me in the water i can spell now okay now i not to to go against my girl valeria but she also did not seem to know how to spell tortilla she did not know how to say the word tortilla and she has never been to a mexican restaurant (laughs) but but and yet she slayed she had like five coconuts at one time her first time out there amazing god i love i love her and that's just this like it was a fun concept for a challenge but it's when Mark changed the game that mm-hmm. made this an incredible challenge for me. Yeah. Where it was no longer go find the letter that you need and bring it back. It was tackle your opponents and chuck their letters across the beach. Oh, see, I wow. thought you were talking about Mark's fake out, which was genius. He ha- he, he changed the game it? twice. He yes. changed the game twice. When he threw one, I think it was to Rihanna. He's like, here, it's the it's the eye. And then he went around while they chased her ass to tackle her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mark. It was literally he's, brilliant. He's very good at thinking on his feet. I yeah. consistently am impressed by him. And you know what? If I was in the middle-aged mafia and I saw that kind of behavior, I would be like, get rid of Mark. <laughs> we need to get rid of Mark. Yeah. He's had a secret alliance with Viola. He's upset. He's sort of confess to the fact that he's upset which means which you know lends credence to what your belief was that this he had a secret alliance it's basically affirming that mm-hmm. now you're seeing him change the game and challenges like whoa this guy's scary yeah it's good good to have him on your side for a little while but not too long so yeah but i really really loved this and uh and so glad that valeria got to try mexican food she's so cute god i love the sleeping bear inside her it has a has a sore tummy from all that hot sauce now and margarita i wonder if she's had a margarita yeah uh okay yeah let's talk about the immunity challenge where they have to hang on to barrels from above on a platform it's kind of the Inverse of the one where they have to hang on to the sandbags above their head. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking. And I, I so clearly, I wish I could think who it was. I'm assuming it's millennials, Gen X, and you will yeah, never rewatch that, that season. season. I know. But there's like one dude who just thinks he's, he's so freaking cocky. He, I just picture this himbo like holding sandbags above his head and he starts doing it with one arm. He's just like, I'm fine. And he drops it and ruins the whole fucking challenge for everybody. (laughs) Mm. Just being cocky. But I was like, damn. Okay, so it's not the last person standing, which I really prefer this way. I really prefer it's the first one that drops. Done. Yeah. Yeah, I like this as a group challenge because I don't think that, I mean, I don't know. This is going to be kind of hypocritical to say, but it's like, uh, I don't like the idea that it's like last man standing. So it's basically just Jaden can win for the whole team. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's uh, sort of up to, it's not up to your weakest member, but it kind of is because your weaker members are going to cost you. Um, so I, I like the, yeah, I like that the focus is sort of on uh, how long can you last as a group as opposed to how long can you last as an individual? Because we'll get there post-merge. Yeah. So yeah, I really liked this. Um, went on for a long time though. I gotta talk it. Yeah, look. <laughs> I gotta be time. real for a second. Some of these episodes are so long. When I see an hour six <laughs> minutes without commercials, I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but this is, but the thing is, sometimes like when you're in it, you're like, 
yeah, give me more. And I, I don't think there was ever a time I complained about the episode length in Heroes v. Villains last season because I just couldn't wait to gobble up uh, with what we had in store for us on that season. But in like a fresh season, and I talk about, look, I talk about this a lot with US Survivor now that they're 90-minute uh, uh, episodes, which is about an hour without commercials, so it's about the same length. Um, I think there's fat to trim. And certainly in the uh, Australian Survivor episodes, I could find some fat to tram. Um, but look, they've got a schedule to keep. They've got commitments. It is what it is. But sometimes, like this challenge went on a long time. Mm-hmm. This challenge and paired with like three identical scenes of the OG Titans being in the swing position over on the new Titans. It was like, yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I agreed. <laughs> but what can we do about that? So the Rebels win this one, of course, because they have Jaden, partially. Um, but and, and the way that J- Jaden celebrates, which just like sort of dancing around. I also liked, though, that Charles, even though they lost, Charles, Charles makes sure he's the last one holding two barrels. Oh, I like Charles. He's growing up. Even on me. though he didn't hold two barrels for very long, um, he did make sure he was the last one holding them. He did. Did you notice um, Winna? His barrel was caught under mm-hmm. Charles's second mm-hmm. barrel. And oh, I was like, I ooh, that's, yeah. you have that even more news. weight than you realize. <laughs> that was bad news. No wonder Charles could hold his two Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so over at the Titans camp, we've got Queen Eileen coming in. Only one's been since. We've got Queen Eileen coming in being like, look. Let's not be idiots. We have a majority. All we have to do is vote off an OG Titan and we're fine. Everybody agree? Reluctant, <laughs> reluctant yeses all around. <laughs> and everything's going to go smoothly. Until Kirby comes in and what was <laughs> Ferris saying like, oh, you, you came at me with a gun. You came at me with a shotgun. <laughs> I was like, Jesus You Christ. came at me with a bazooka. <laughs> I was like, please just listen to Eileen. She is yeah. begging. She, I am literally begging you. <laughs> yeah. And Garrick just also is just on the war path against Kirby. Like Garrick can't get over it. Yeah. But I really like that it's that first tribal bad decision from Kirby to vote with the couple crew that is coming back to haunt her. Like, I like that that has carried on. Because yes. I feel like so often in Survivor, someone will make a misstep or someone will make a move against you or a selfish move. Like, I believe Kirby's was a selfish move to leave her options open. And it's continued to haunt her. But sometimes people just move beyond that. Yes. Uh, but I love, if there's one thing I love, it's holding a grudge. I love a grudge. It was so hard to focus on what was going on during this camp scramble because of how much fucking rice they were cooking in that pot. Did you know I, it I was knew you were gonna say, I knew to you were the say brim? <laughs> I I've never I've never cooked that much rice in my life. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I've cooked that much rice, but I once lived in a co-op with ten people, so we'd, and we'd and we would have to take turns every week, you, ever like once every two weeks or something. You'd have to cook dinner for the whole house. Mm. Boy, was rice a staple in that place? <laughs> I bet it was, <laughs> and it's a staple here. They were yeah. eating well, and before tribal, not even before a challenge. I don't know why Caroline was so Caroline. I don't know why Caroline was so worried about the rice rations. Like, there's no shortage. Okay, can we just briefly? I have heard the players call her Carolyn and Caroline. Both. I I don't know if I'm supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or if it matters, but I went to the source on this one. It's Caroline. Because so backstory, my mom's name was Caroline, spelled Caroline, but she went by Carolyn. Everybody called her Carolyn. So mm-hmm. it's deeply ingrained in me to call Caroline's Carolyn. Mm-hmm. And um, I did. I do. I continue to. And uh, Caroline is a big fan of Drop Your Buffs, as we know. And uh, was talking to her saying like, hey, just just a heads up. Accidentally called you Carolyn. And here's why. And she went, okay, just make sure to call me Caroline in the future. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was like, okay, it's a baby girl. There we go. <laughs> Oof. That's funny. I'm just saying people were saying it both ways in the show. I know. But, and this gets to the broader issue of like when, and remember week one, we were really struggling with the names. Is it Eden? Is it Aiden? Et cetera. I still don't know. Um, but no, well, the Australians have weighed in actually uh, over on Instagram. And they said, it's Eden. It's just sometimes because of the regional dialect, it'll be pronounced more of an Aiden, but it should be pronounced Eden. Perfect. And you hear JLP say Eden. So gotcha. I believe him. Whatever JLP says, I'll do. <laughs> anything I was, I was yeah i was like what jokes am i gonna make <laughs> uh, so we also get this great scene where raymond and kelly chat <laughs> and it was so bizarre it was like two monkeys in a zoo uh, <laughs> but i loved it so much and he's like don't play your idol and definitely don't play your idol for kirby <laughs> And Kelly's like, wait, so now the vote's Kirby? Like that, what? Where did this come from? Nobody's telling me anything. And they're like, you know what? Why don't we both just play dumb? <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even know where quite where it landed between them, but I did love it. I love to see that Raymond still has a relationship with Kelly. He's still kind of looking out for her, even though they're not maybe like, totally playing the game together i don't know um but i did love to just to see them come back together because they were the outcasts in, mm-hmm. in week one right so yeah glad they're still looking out for each other uh kirby during this vote sometimes i just get really bothered with like the cockiness not just specifically from her but she's like it's spelled with a y and then the next vote that's yeah. better i'm like really you are mm-hmm. One piece of paper away from going home, Missy. Like, <laughs> stop. Ugh. Yeah, it, it uh, it's a lot. She's a type A personality. Mm. And that's somebody that I couldn't handle being around, probably. But I don't know. Watching her, I'm like, yeah, Slay, it is with a Y. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have a question for you after this vote out, when Garrett goes home. Queen Eileen uh-huh. decides to say, Kirby, we need to talk. I didn't vote for you loudly uh-huh. to all of tribal uh-huh. council do uh-huh. you think that was a misstep of eileen to say it loudly right then or is I it better no because there's a there's a period after after the vote you go back to a tent you get checked by medical you have to be transferred to the island you have to wait for cambridge it's like it's probably gonna be two hours of you just stewing in your thoughts and not being allowed to speak to anybody else so i understand Eileen wanting to just like throw that out there to Kirby, just just to let her know that, so it's not marinating like oh Eileen's in on this. She wasn't, but I think it was a little too vocal and kind of made it seem like she was picking a side of like Kirby, I'm with you. We need to talk. I'm jumping ship from this side. I think it might have been a little misstep, and I was curious your thoughts. So I think. You have to zoom out a little bit and look at Eileen's move overall, which was very savvy. And this is now sort of like the second big potential Eileen move that hasn't kind of paid off. Um, And she's got really, really good plans, but I think she's drawing too much attention to them, maybe. Mm -hmm. I think she's looking for the credit for her plans. And so let's talk about this plan where she casts a vote for Kelly, Mm -hmm. despite sort of affirming that she would be voting uh, with Ferris for Kirby. And she's like tied up in that group. But what she ultimately wants is OG Rebels Strong. I mean, that's what we saw her pushing for. Yeah. Now, why vote out Kelly then? Because her, her plan was to get Kelly to have Kelly play her idol for Kirby to have Ferris play his idol for Garrick negating all votes except Eileen's sole vote for Kelly which would send Kelly home there's a that hinges on a lot of ifs and a lot of big question marks but if it had worked out that would have been like a genius move that people would have been celebrating and I think in terms of keeping the OG rebels strong what it would have done, and this is the argument she can make to Ferris and to Kirby, is that we've all been having issues with Kelly. And yeah, Kirby, I know you're working with Kelly, but like she is a bit of a loose cannon. 
and we don't quite know what's going on and yeah like we don't know if she had an idol or not and if she was going to play it for you like at least i think she could make the argument that getting rid of kelly would have kept the og rebel strong they still have a huge majority on the new titans tribe but i think she could have played that okay so i think that is it a misstep to say that to everybody I think it could go either way because either Kirby's stewing for hours while they get back to camp or Ferris is stewing for hours while they get back to camp. And given that we discussed that Kirby is a relationship-based player in a lot of ways, maybe it's better to dampen that fire and then deal with Ferris later, who's like more of a straight and narrow numbers. Here's how I played it and here's why. And maybe Ferris can get over it quicker. I don't know. Like that's... I'm thinking through this in real time. It was confusing to see her so openly disappointed with Ferris, saying, like, I told you, I told you, as if this is how we could have kept our side safe. And she said it two, three times, loudly, for everybody to hear. And then for the juxtap—how do you say that word? Juxtapotion? Juxta- Juxtaposition? Then the just juxta Then the switch <laughs> to then say, you know, I didn't vote for you, Kirby. <laughs> it was just— you know, it was very conflicting. Like, where do you stand? Are you upset that your side is dwindling? Or are you just trying to get with Kirby now? What? I don't know. That's all. Yeah, I, I wonder how much she thought about it before it happened. Because she was sort of just like very flying by the seat of her pants at Tribal. I think her plan was very well thought out. Mm-hmm. But the encouraging Ferris to play his idol for Garrick and then telling him, I told you so, and then telling Kirby I didn't vote for you. I think there's a way that she fixes, mends all these relationships, but not with Kelly. Because, yeah, maybe she didn't vote for Kirby, but she voted for Kelly and was hoping for Kelly to go home because, yeah. one, it would have been a huge move under her belt, and two, would have gotten rid of two idols one of which doesn't actually exist but Mm -hmm. i I don't know how do you get over that with kelly or does it matter does she see kelly as sort of like disposable i don't know i don't know i think kelly's gonna be pissed though (laughs) but i I, i'm sensing great things for eileen if she can just pull off one of these plans yeah all right anything left to say nothing much except for things being a little different next week Um, Yes. So speaking of Mexican restaurants, I'm going to be at a Mexican restaurant tomorrow night because (laughs) I am going on a little vacation to Mexico for the foreseeable future. (laughs) I'm going for a week. (laughs) I'm going for a week, which means that I will not be here next week. And so Ricard is going to, I think this is the first time that you're going to be hosting. Yeah. With somebody new. Yeah. I will be hosting. uh, Do you want me to say with who? I have like a superstition around announcing guests because they don't always come through. Okay, then I will hold off, but this will be good. Every time that I have announced an upcoming guest, they pull out. So that's where my superstition comes from. Not that I think that this guest is going to pull out, but Ricard has an all-star, frequently requested Drop Your Buffs guest mm-hmm. lined up yes. to substitute for me next week which i'm very excited to hear the recording of uh and i will get that out uh sometime next as week. soon as you are sober enough to look at your laptop I'm between my margaritas <laughs> and my tortillas um also want to just advertise this a little bit and i will advertise it next week as well uh in seattle there is a premiere party for survivor 46 at art marble if you would like information on tickets go to kelly wentworth um, her Instagram or Lauren O'Connell from Edge of Extinction. I believe there's a link for you to get tickets um, and it will be a good time. And that will be in Seattle. And, and you can meet Ricard before he grows his hair long again. I, you know, I did the survey. I got Ricard. a lot of votes for long. Ricard. Okay. I like it short. I know. And you know what? <laughs> like I actually, I, it's not just that I like it. I far prefer it. And I liked the long hair. But I've gotten so used to the short hair that when I saw the long hair pictures, I I was almost jarring. (laughs) And so I just think you should stick with the short for a little longer. But you know what? What do I care? It's not your body, your choice. (laughs) 
You know, <clears throat> there were there was a good amount of people. It was the majority said to grow it back long, but the majority of people who said to keep it short were men with long hair. And I was confused. Mm. It's because the grass is always greener on the other side. Uh. And you know what? This is why I'm not too concerned is because growing your hair, as you know, is a lot of effort and you have so many moments where you want to break. And you know what? When you're on that, when you're on that edge, that edge of extinction, I'm going to push you over. (laughs) I know we'll get it short again. The only reason I grew it out, (laughs) I was able to make it through is because of COVID. I barely left the house. Mm -hmm. So my hair was looking a wreck for so many different phases Mm -hmm. and it was fine. But now but I don't you think it would just be so slay to come back for a returning season, returning player season of Survivor and have short hair instead yeah, of hair? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I've thought about this. But how did that work for Ozzy? Did people like the long hair, short hair? Do they like a I change? Prefer, I prefer I prefer short hair Ozzy. I think most people prefer Micronesia Ozzy. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> and then what? What, you want game changers Ozzy? Is that what you're looking to get? Is that... <laughs> That didn't work out for anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. I will not see you next week, but listeners, you're in for a treat. Yep. And boy, are you in for a treat this week on the Traders Recaps over on the Patreon. I will not be appearing on the Traders Recap this week because I will be in between margaritas and tortillas. uh, And... We have maybe the biggest substitute we've ever had. And to the point where, like, I'm kind of mad that I'm not in the episode. But we will leave it at that. If you want to hear that, you have to be a patron. So check out the link to our Patreon in the show notes to this episode. We are covering The Traitor Season 2 exclusively over on the Patreon. We are also watching Survivor Nicaragua over on the Patreon, which has been very fun. And you can also follow us on on Instagram at DropYourBuffsPod. I will be posting a meme cap from week three of Australian Survivor. And what are we going to comment underneath? Maybe a taco? Taco. Taco. Let's do tacos for Valeria and for Sean. And <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter at Drop Buffs Pod. If you enjoyed this, please consider leaving a rating or review on Apple or Spotify. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.